Thank you for joining us here at VLC. Our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Welcome to part two of Empowered. Uh, my prayer with this series, uh, I'm not sure how many Sundays will be in it. I believe the Lord knows exactly what we need. Yeah? And so today, in all of your getting, I want you to get some understanding out of the Spirit that God's going to use you to impact other people. He's going to empower you, not only to represent Him, but to help other people come out of a situation that they're still trapped in, and you are no longer trapped in it. You are free, right? Not based on what you see. Not based on how you feel. Yeah? Now, how many of you have been doing your homework? Yeah, that's good. Online family, you guys doing your homework? I'm checking on you. You know, we have, uh, you know, during this time, we have, our online family has really kind of exploded. And so, uh, we are, uh, you know, grateful for everybody that, uh, you know, is uh, in your pajamas, sitting back maybe with a waffle and, and then some coffee or chicken and waffles or whatever. But you're having... Church. Y'all ever heard anybody say church? <laughs> yeah, it's old school, right? I am old school. I don't know if y'all know that or not, but my wife reminded me, I had a birthday a couple weeks ago, and she said, this is your last year in your 50s. I said, get behind me. Say, no, I didn't. <laughs> no. All right, let's get into it. Ephesians. Now, now remember, we, we wanted to look at chapter 6 first, and then we're going to go back seeing how our position is with the armor of God, and then we're going to read all of the inspiration on all of the instruction that God gives us on how to be an anointed person of God. And in chapter 6, he says this in verse 10, be strong in the Lord. Now, why would God tell us to be strong if that's not necessary? You don't need strength with a remote control of your, in your hand. You need strength to do things, and I'm, we're going to look at some examples this morning. Be strong in the Lord. Be empowered, watch this, through your union, through your relationship with Him. Draw your strength from the Lord. Now, here's the thing that I've learned over my years, uh, as a, not just as a pastor, but more importantly, as a believer. It takes development to learn how to draw strength from an unseen world. So many of us, we just want God to fix it. Yeah, we do. But God wants to fix us, and many times he's going to, not that he may have put you in the situation or put the thing around you, but knowing it was coming, he's going to say, okay, it's time for you to rise up. But you're not going to be able to do it in your own strength. You're going to have to, are you ready for this? You're going to have to trust me. Trust the Lord. You see, being strong in the Lord, it actually hinges on us becoming more God-dependent. Like we talked about last week, not self-dependent, not independent, God-dependent. Relying on, trusting in Him, actually expecting God to empower you to do, to be. To say. How many of you believe God to give you the right things to say? <laughs> I know y'all say it, amen, but I, I've, I've heard some of you in the, in the heat of the battle. You ain't asking God what to say. Man, it's like, it's like, 
you're just saying and spraying. Yeah. Let's believe God to, to not only do and be, but say the right things. You see, the truth about Ephesians 6, and really you see these things, it, it, all of these realities, guys, it, they start, and this is why we give you homework. And I know some of you, this might be new for you. Like, man, home, that church gives homework. That's because I don't want you to be the same next week, next month, next year. I want you to grow in the things of God, and God knows how we are. Sometimes, some of you all watching, you know, you just need a little encouragement. And it starts with making room in our thinking for what God tells us. So out of, now, now just self-evaluate for a second. Out of your homework this week, out of your time with the Lord, what's he telling you? Hmm? What's God telling you? I don't really know if I can hear from the Lord. Well, keep at it, because you can't. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. He didn't say they can know it. He said they know it. God is speaking. You just have so much other stuff. Huh? You see, it's kind of like, now, Paula doesn't like seafood. God hasn't delivered her yet, but I love seafood. Now, the thing about, see, if you grow up in the South, and especially if you're born in Louisiana, you like, you know, what pretty much everything that comes out of the water. But one of the dishes down South is gumbo. Now, I know people up North think gumbo is just this hot, spicy thing, but that's not what gumbo is. You can put spice in it, but really, gumbo is whatever granny had in the cupboard. You know, she just threw it in the pot. The problem when you throw everything in the pot, you don't get to really taste crawfish. I mean, you taste a hint of crawfish, but it's not like sitting down at the table and snapping the back off one and eating it and sucking the juice out of the head. Now, I know some of you are like, no, but you ain't never been there. Huh? It's not the same. See, your Christian life so often, you, we have so much junk. You got, you got an hour of Jesus on Sunday, and if you're having a down day, you might throw in an elevation song every now and then. But other than that, you got Sports Center and, and fake news, and then whatever other news, it's still fake. You got movies that you binge watch, and then, and then especially all you video gamers. Now, I'm not slamming a video game, have, have at it. But if all of that's going on in your life, it's going to be difficult for you, from you to hear God. Because you have so much stuff. No? Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm not, I, just, I just wanted to get encouraged today a little bit, Reverend. Just, just give me a, you know, just be a cheerleader for a minute. No, I want, I want to coach you through something. I want to challenge you this week to not let the cares of this world... To not let circumstances and pressures of life derail you from who God calls you to be. Even if I can't see it, he's working. Even if I don't feel it, he's working. But you have to make room in your thinking because you are governed by your thoughts. You live within the boundaries of your thought life. You do. And I promise you, a life empowered by God it is going to take you beyond your own abilities 
You see, if you can do it, then you don't need God's help because you can do it. But getting to the place where you know that without God, you fail. You see, I want to get, now we're, we're there to one degree, but I'm believing God for some significant things going into the, to the next year or two. And that's going to take us to a place, if God doesn't come through, then we're done. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, I'm sure you've read this one in your homework, verse 20, now to him who is able, say able, to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Now I imagine some big things from God, because God's big. And I'm not allowing what I see, I'm not allowing what I feel, I'm not allowing other people's opinions to dictate my level of faith and trust in God. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, watch this, according to his power at work in us. You see, God needs you with this awareness. For those of you that are back at work in the morning when you show up, God needs you aware that when you show up, he shows up. Not the religious, pharisaical version of him, just him. Huh? The loving, gracious, merciful God. And it starts with our thinking. And I think one of the big keys that I want to, <clears throat> to kind of get you to embrace today is this. It's, it's a, a, a word that is really not used a lot in the church anymore. But it's a word called reverence. The fear of the Lord. Not being scared of God, but a holy reverence. That the breath you just took, he gave it to you. He keeps the sun lit. He keeps our planet rotating in the proper position in our galaxy formation. Keeps all the lights on in heaven and answers your prayer to saints. He's God. The book of Proverbs actually says this. Those those who reverence God are the ones who stand strong in him. You acknowledge, thank you, God, that it is you that gives me the strength, the wisdom, the ability to do, to be. It's you that empowers me. Your prayer ought to be when you walk out the door in the morning, Father, just let people see more of you in me. Wow. Wow. See, that means you got to lay down your agenda and all, your, all of your churchy religious attempts to be something. It's, a, it's unfortunate. Far too often, believers, we try to be more God-like. We try to be more impressive for God, and we get in the way. See, God, you, you, you know, I want you to understand something. Andy and I, our personalities are night and day different. Now, I'm going to tell you, he has come a long way in his people skills, a long way. I mean, I see him having conversations, right? Well, y'all laughing? Oh, y'all met Andy? Yeah. But here's the thing. God doesn't want him to be me or me to be him. He wants us to be our own anointed, empowered individual. That's the thing with you. Stop trying to be somebody else, you know? I mean, I would love to have Joel Osteen's hair. And T.D. Jakes is, is preach. But, you know, I'm 
short and bald and see so it it comes with you trusting and honoring and reverencing that God's doing something in your life now here's the thing you have to be willing to take steps See, God is counting on each of us to become more like him because that's what he made us to be is like him. See, I'm, I'm country. Now, I'm not as country as my brother. See, my brother, we, we, we went to a picnic, a 4th of July thing out at my brother's house yesterday. Man, they got this beautiful place out in the country and got a creek running through it. And I mean, it's nice to visit. I mean, I am country, and I enjoy those things, but I like city. You see, Trey, we graduated from college. We lived in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I loved, I didn't want to leave, but God said Georgetown. Now, I love Georgetown, don't get me wrong, but I didn't want to, I, I, I like city, but I got country. I guess I'm city, century. I'm country and city. I know. I make up words. It's okay. See, God is counting on you to be you anointed. This is why Paul makes statements like this in the New Testament. Stand fast in your faith. Be brave and be strong. You see, sometimes we simply need a reminder that, you know, it's going to be times when our life in Christ contradicts what humanity, what society is saying. Huh? I mean, there's stuff going on in society right now. I'm going to tell you, I have a hard time with some of it. I was watching a news clip the other day, and this, I won't use the description that I have in mind, but this, this young person is screaming in the face of a cop, spits flying out of her mouth, no mask on, and they can gather by the thousands and do this stupidity. You listen to me? But you let a church get together. Oh, no. I'm talking to leaders. I hope you see my video. Come on. Like, man, you're getting mad. That kind of nonsense. And it's leaders that tell police officers they can't do anything. That has to change. This voting season, that has to change. Now, I said it. Now, now back, back to the Bible. I don't know where that came from, but let it marinate, all right? See, sometimes we just need to be reminded of who we are in Christ, regardless of what humanity and society is screaming. We're still people of God. We're still going to walk in love. You see, but we have to embrace who we are. Let me take it a step further. We have to verbalize who we are. The church has been silent long enough. If all these other crazies can yell and scream. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, God is merciful. David was a warrior. Hmm? Sometimes you have to embrace who you are and begin to, let me say it like this. You need to prophesy over yourself. Jesus actually practiced this. When you look at Jesus' life, it's really a cool story. He goes in the Gospels, he goes to the temple, and he finds 
the scroll. And he didn't have a Bible like you and I do. So he finds the scroll of Isaiah the prophet. He goes to the word of God. And in the word of God he finds where it says this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me. You see a lot of people think well Jesus was the son of God. No Jesus was a, the son of man born of God. He's the firstborn. And he had to be anointed just like you and I have to be anointed. That's why he went to the word of God and he found himself in it and said, this is me. I am him, the one the spirit of the Lord is upon. And he has anointed me. He has empowered me to preach the gospel. To set at liberty them that have been held captive. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. See, not only do you have to start seeing yourself. The way God sees you, you got to talk it. I am who God says I am. You all know my favorite passage, my, my favorite psalm is Psalm 18. God goes before me. He arms me with strength. He makes my way perfect. He enlarges my path so that I don't even slip. He surrounds me with his favor like a shield. He arms me with strength. He makes my way perfect. Everybody that hears me yields to the words that come from my mouth, and I keep my foot on the neck of the enemy. How are we doing? See, sometimes, now, now remember, we introduced this, and we're going to spend a whole session on chapter 6 in much more detail about principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Guys, that's what's driving this mess going on in our nation, not humans. They're just, they're just being used. And the reason is, is because our nation sows more seed of the gospel on the planet than all the rest of them combined. And the enemy would love nothing better than to stop us, but he can't. Unless we just keep kicking back as a church and not doing anything. God is not going to empower you to watch TV. You got to start seeing yourself the way he sees you, and you got to start talking it. You got to prophesy his promise over your life. Let me say it like this. Prophesy your future. Go ahead and lay it out. Let the Spirit of the Lord inspire you to decree. John chapter 15 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, I know the traditional writing says you may ask what you will, but that word ask in the Aramaic is not ask. It is to decree. If you abide in me, if you take residence in me and my word lives in you, you shall to decree who you are in me and it will come to pass. See, we try that one time and then we get up the next morning and we, we think we're going to be like an Iron Man and you put a new, and you're like, it doesn't work like that. God has to develop you to the person that he, some of y'all, he's been working on you a long time. See, guys, God's word, it, it, it doesn't just enlighten our path. God's word is a mirror that the Holy Spirit uses to show us our current condition as a person of God. But it is also a window revealing what he knows we have the potential of becoming. But you still got to step out. You got to try it. Billy did his first team rally the other day. Voice was probably a little cracking. Just a little. 
See, I, you, you, you got to get people out there doing stuff, man. Stepping out and discovering. That's one of the greatest things about being part of a local church. You get to discover things that you never know that, or never even thought that you had inside you. I mean, you take somebody like, like, like uh, Ashley Tackett heads up our, our cafe, all of that. that. That ministry right there is one, I'm telling you, it is one of the biggest opportunities. Those of you that serve in the cafe, I mean, you change people's lives. They walk in there and they see your smiling face and you serve up one of them big sugary caffeinated drinks with some whipped cream on it. Like, oh, hallelujah. Huh? Yeah. See, you're not supposed to look at what somebody else is doing. You're supposed to put your hand to what God has anointed you to do. And what will happen is God, God uses you and takes you and develops you. But you got you to gotta be about the master's work. Now, last week, remember, I, let, I, I introduced this passage to you. But I want to I go back to it again in Colossians chapter 3. Out of the message, it says this in verse 1. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ... Act like it. Now, he doesn't mean act like it, like try to be religious, act like it. He doesn't mean that you try to, you know, be Joe Theologian and correct everything. No. This new life in Christ. God's going, you understand, God's going to anoint you to be a representative of him on your job. At the mall. What if you encounter one of these protesters? Huh? You're going to walk in love, aren't you? Y yes, yes, we will. Yes, we will. Huh? Because God will give you strength to be who he's anointed you to be, not to be somebody else. So if you're serious about your resurrected life in Christ, act like it. Pursue things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle around with your eyes to the ground, absorb with stuff right in front of you. Don't get, don't get so caught up in that. Look up. Be alert to what's going on around you, around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. And as I'm watching current events unfold, I'm trying to do that in my life. And as I'm doing it, I'm watching, I'm going back and I'm following Jesus as he was arrested. And then spat on, slapped and pulled his beard and hit with sticks. And then ultimately chained to a whipping post and beaten beyond recognition. And then forced to carry his own lumber up a hill that he was getting ready to be nailed to. Hmm? And he said, Lord, they really don't know what they're doing. Come on, somebody. They really don't know. Have mercy on them. You really want to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might? You extend mercy when it doesn't uh, be, it's not deserving. Extend mercy. Easy up in here, isn't it, to say, oh, yeah, Reverend, that's him. See, guys, we can't, listen carefully, we can't keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Can't. 
living this kind of life, it will absolutely require that we grow stronger in our faith. Huh? And that strength is only found in Jesus. God actually told the Apostle Paul this. He says, my power works best in your weakness. When you reverence and acknowledge, when you become more God-dependent, God, I can't do it without you. Huh? God, I need your strength right now because I would really love to come off the top rope on somebody. Y'all know what coming off the top rope means? That's, that's wrestling terms. Because we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, right? L listen, here's another passage out of Ephesians chapter 4 from the message. Get rid, get rid of your old life. The more traditional writing says this. Put off the old man. Who has to do it? See, I know some of y'all keep praying, God, take this thing, God, take this thing. Some of y'all smokers, Lord, take these cigarettes. God doesn't smoke. He didn't want your cigarettes, all right? <laughs> no, no, he, he will give you strength to overcome it, to destroy it. Whatever it is in your life, whatever addiction, whatever thing is oppressing you, get rid of the old life and take on an entirely new way of living, a God-fashioned life. Not a religious life, a life fashioned like God. Well, how do, how do I learn that? You do your homework, man. You watch how the Holy Spirit empowered men and women throughout the Bible to do and to be what he called them to do. Paul didn't allow stuff to get him sidetracked. He didn't allow circumstances or situations to stop him from being effective for God. He said, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your, are you ready for this, this big word? Into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. But if you don't know what that looks like, but, so, so do your homework. Watch, get in the Gospels and watch how Jesus dealt with situations. See, a God-fashioned life, it empowers us to rise above failures. How many of you failed in life? Yeah. See, here's the thing about successful people. Failure is a necessity. You learn from those things. Now, it, it's much easier to learn from somebody else's failure, but we don't always do that. You see, this God-fashioned life, it will empower us to rise above failure, to rise above rejection, discouragement, condemnation. These are all tactics that the enemy will use to keep you derailed, to keep you out of focus so that you cannot embrace the God life. The cares of this world, he will use them repeatedly. The Apostle Paul says in Corinthians that Satan is the God of this world and he has blinded the eyes of those that aren't born again so that they can't see truth. That's what's wrong with, with society today. They can't see truth. Our job is to shine a light on it. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to empower us to the place where His character is reproduced in us to the degree that we literally become an extension, an expression of Him. 
when you show up, Jesus shows up. I know some of you, some of you in your false humility think that's an arrogant statement. I'm not the one that said it. God wants us walking in that power, and we're all at different places. It's not like any of us are walking in the perfection and fullness of Christ yet. That's why Jesus came, because man couldn't do it in our own abilities. But you got to stop allowing the things around you to be the only thing influencing your thinking, the only thing shaping your identity, and start allowing Jesus and His Word to have a say in your life. Hmm? Remember Ephesians 1, God's first point was this, when you, those of you that have been reading it. He chose us in him and he blessed us has blessed us say has has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places our job is simply to acknowledge them to embrace them Ephesians 1:11 says because we are united with Christ we have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything, everything work out according to his plan. But you got to say yes. He's not just going to make you do it. And when you read that passage in, in Ephesians, and, and immediately Paul goes right into praying for us. This is one of my favorite prayers in Ephesians 1, and I tell you guys this all, all the time. Tracy was talking to her sister earlier, and she said, you know, when I give homework, Tracy's sister Susan, she, she always dates when I give homework to you all. She, over the years, she said, man, he's assigned this one a lot. She went back over the years and how many times I've assigned something out of Ephesians for you all to read. Verse 21 out of this passage says this. Now he is far above any ruler, authority, or power, or leader, or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ, and he has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Here's the thing. If I, see, if I see Ray going down the road, I don't say, there goes Ray's head. I say, there goes Ray. Because the head is attached to. So when you show up, guess who shows up? I got two people. We are his body. You see, this is why you need to be in the features so that this revelation gets in you and it bypasses your intelligence. I'm not talking about intelligence. Some of the most developed, intelligent minds of our generation have zero wisdom from God to apply that intelligence. I said it a few weeks ago. We have some of the smartest dumb people on the planet. All right, I do not have time to get into this today, but I want you to go look at this story. Now, your homework, you're still, you're still in Ephesians, right? But this week, because I, my time is up, one of my favorite Old Testament examples of this New Testament reality that God is trying to teach us in the book of Ephesians is a young guy named Gideon. So, 
in addition to your homework in Ephesians, Judges chapter 6, just one chapter, okay? Just one. For you're going to see the account of this young man, the nation of Israel has been overridden by the Midianites because they were rebellious against God. And unlike us in the New Testament, God's grace, we're under the age of grace, but they were under the law under the Old Testament. There wasn't a redemptive plan other than walking out the law, repenting and getting right with God. And they weren't. They were rebellious and they turned their back on God. They were worshiping every God under the sun. And so God's hand had been removed and the Midianites came in and took over. And now they're starving. The Israelites, are there's no food. They're being oppressed by this demon-worshiping nation, these Midianites. And Gideon is hiding in a wine press. Now in the Old Testament, back in those days, a wine press was a hole in the ground. And you get in it and you stomp the grapes. Huh? I, I, I couldn't wait to have some of that wine. <laughs> Did you wash your feet, brother? <laughs> right? And Gideon is hiding in the, there, there is no grapes, all right? He's got a little bit of wheat that he, he's threshing to have something to eat. And he's doing it in this wine press because he's afraid. And he's hiding. And the angel of God shows up. And so we'll leave you with that. You can go check out what happens, and we'll unpack it next Sunday. I love when the angel of God shows up. You know where those angels of God are today? Boom. Right here. See, they're eternal. Same dudes that showed up. Remember, I, I, I talked to you about Daniel and how the archangel Gabriel continued to show up in his life. Gabriel's still, he's still running around doing stuff, man. It could have been Gabriel here. It could have been Michael. We don't know what angel it was. We all have them assigned to us. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that the angels are ministering spirits that have been sent to this planet on behalf of the righteous. And the, 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 the psalmist says it like this. They respond to the words of God spoken out of a human. Now, you can't boss them around, but when you speak God's word over a situation, angels respond to that and so Gideon is minding his own business and this angel shows up because he's getting ready to change his life see there's some of you in this room today God's getting ready to show up in a great way and change your life and it is going to take you out of out of the realm of everything that you've known and, and are, are, have grown comfortable with yeah but I'm really a nobody oh you mean like Gideon oh you mean like me see I was a nobody high school dropout nobody I cared more about weed than anything. Did he say weed? I, that's an old school term. Some of y'all in here like, whoa, you got my attention now, Reverend. Good. I don't do it anymore, all right? But God took a guy like that and turned him around. And now he's using me to change people's lives for the kingdom of heaven. Are you ready for God to do something in your life? Now, he, may, he may not be asking you to make a career change. He may not be asking you to step on this stage and preach a message. But there are people that you have the opportunity to impact for Jesus. 
should you dare to let God use you. Be bold about it. Huh? Embrace who you are in God and see what he'll do in your life. That being said, that means you got to belong to God for God to, to do this. The way you belong to Jesus is you give your life to him. You with me? It's real simple. It's not overcomplicated. It's not. You don't have to know a bunch of rules and regulations. You don't have to have your... See, so many people think, man, if I, once I get my life right... I, I, how many of you heard people say that? Pastor, once I get my life right, I'll come to church. Bull. Nuh-uh. Go on, give your life to Jesus. And then I got people been coming here years. Your life still ain't right, man. <laughs> You're still on the wheel. God's still working. That's all of us. But you've got to give your life to him so that he can start working on it. He won't just overtake you. And this is where faith comes in. You believe Jesus is a real person. You believe he died a real death. He got up out of the grave alive, and he lives a real life in heaven, and his spirit lives in everybody that's accepted him. So accept him today. Those of you watching me this morning, to th that thought, yeah, that's the Lord. He's standing at the door of your heart saying, let me in, let me in. Let him in. Let's all say it together. Y'all with me? Yo, everybody watching, maybe you, you might be watching this six months from now. Put your car on the side of the road and say the prayer with me. Let's all say it together. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said the prayer, yeah, come on. Now, if you're in the room, and you said the prayer, stop out at our information desk. We've got a packet of stuff for you just to help you navigate your next steps. Those of you watching, tell a friend, tell somebody, call us, let us know. We would love to help you take your next step in your journey of faith. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.